This is Dog Stars episode 5, recorded for Friday the 3rd of February. Mr. Max and I are talking about the moon, which is visible, well, every month. Let's go! Hello, and welcome to a rather lively and energetic walk. My uh, co-host and I, uh, Mr. Max here, had rather a late night with friends last night, and so he refused a long walk this morning, so he's got bag loads of energy, and we are devoting that to checking out every tree in North Oxford that's ever had a pizza box near it, um, in the hope of finding some more food. Um, I was going to say he's a bit skittish, but uh, then I realised I could blame that behaviour on the nearly full moon that's in the sky. There's a long uh, folklore history of people blaming their own behaviour, changes to human behaviour, changes to the behaviour of animals, on the presence of a full moon. There's not much actual evidence that anything in particular happens, but I suppose it's convincing. The night does feel different out here under a moon, and it's a waxing gibbous moon at the minute, heading towards full. Gibbous, by the way, is the word for a moon that's between half and full. It comes from the Latin word for a hump, and so it's this um, curved uh, appearance that gives it its name. Nothing to do with gibbons, as I thought when I was a kid. Um, but I always think, look at the moon, how remarkably varied its surface is. Uh, we've got these dark patches, which people have called seas for centuries, and then the brighter areas, which we now know are mountainous highlands surrounding those flat plains. You right, mate? Okay. Yeah, good boy. Good boy. Here you go. Touch. Good boy. Yes. Um, we've got these differences in uh, the surface. Um, for example, if you look up in the northern hemisphere, look at the moon, and you see there are three joined seas over on the right. The middle one of those is the Sea of Tranquility, where Neil Armstrong touched down and took his first uh, great leap uh, for mankind on the Apollo 11 mission. Um, but what's odd is that when the era of space travel was getting going, and the Russians first and then the Americans sent probes around the far side of the moon, no, don't, don't eat, <laughs> he's found a bin, uh, don't eat that, come on, let's go. And when they sent probes around the back, they discovered that the seas are a feature only of the near side of the moon. You don't see these dark areas on the far side. So there's a scientific mystery. Why should this be? Uh, and there are a couple of theories, uh, both of them linked to what happens just after the moon forms. So the moon formed, we think, when something the size of Mars hit the early Earth. And when that happened, the leftover material formed the Earth and the moon. And so one of the reasons the Apollo astronauts went there uh, mostly it was to plant the flag and show off and beat the Russians. But one of the nice things that they enabled by being there was to collect samples and bring them down to Earth uh, so that we can study them. And they're still being studied in labs today. One of the reasons you go and get stuff from space and bring it to Earth is so that... Come on, let's go. Come on, let's go. Um, come on, come on. There was, was a pizza here. One of the reasons you go and get stuff and bring it down to Earth to study is that you can use new laboratory techniques that were not dreamt of in the 60s and 70s when the samples were being collected. And so you get a better understanding over time. And um, I do like the story, by the way, of the fact that NASA tries to keep track of all of the moon rock that Apollo brought back. There's lots of it on loan to various institutions in the UK. Um, but there were some special bits that were given um, to about 250 states and countries around the world as a ceremonial gift for the people of the United States. And almost all of these, I think about 180 of these, have gone missing. Um, because it turns out if you give a country a bit of moon rock, not all countries have uh, 
a set up procedure for dealing with that. Um, the prize, I think, goes to the people of Nicaragua, whose Moonrock ended up in the Moonrock Cafe in Las Vegas for a while, but was presented back to them uh, in 2012. So that, that's a cheerful end to the story. Anyway, one of the things that uh, analysis of these Apollo rocks has shown is that there's some unusual composition some of the rocks that are up there, particularly on the seas. They're made uh, of minerals that include what's wonderfully called creep, K-R-E-E-P, uh, which stands for, that must be potassium, uh, rare earth elements, and phosphorus. Um, but also that uh, mineral assemblage had things like uranium and thorium, radioactive elements in there. And if you've got radioactivity, that's the source of heat. And so the idea that came out a few years ago, go on, let's go. Let's go. The idea that came out a few years ago was that if you've got more of that stuff on the near side of the moon, for some reason, um, then um, it would have been easier to melt the ground. And that's why you get these volcanic plains that you don't see on the far side. But there's a simpler idea, um, which came out, uh, I think, in 2015. A group of researchers, including my colleague Stein Steigenson, edits the same journal as me, um, <laughs> which is just wonderfully simple. So you form the moon. And then you've got a near side and a far side. And the difference between them is that the near side is pointing at the Earth. Um, and so if you've got the Earth, which has just formed after this collision, it's hot, it's volcanic, it's a source of heat. And so the near side of the Moon may be the way it is because it's the near side of the Moon, because it was facing the Earth. Lots of arguments to have about that. Um, but do go out, look up, look at the Moon and enjoy its varied surface and the stories that it can tell us about the solar system. We. I've made it home. Come on, let's go. Thank you for listening. You can find us on Twitter at DogStarsPod and drop us a line at DogStarsPod at gmail.com. Do let us know if you've been on your own walks or spotted anything in the night sky. I'm Chris Lintot, he's Mr Max, and this was DogStars. Thanks to Ellis Partman for production. We'll be back next week.